0: many mysteries of the world, many ill-understood concepts that the many attempt to explain. Yet, I find that when you look for an answer to one of those mysteries, you only find the doors of the many other unexplored concepts, and those doors will be illuminated by the tales of Ephemera. say. Our reach is expanding. The questions come flooding in, the doors have opened, and now, more than ever, there are those who wait to hear my voice cutting through the very fabric of reality to reach them. Tales of Ephemera is a broadcast about stories from all realities. All realities. I feel I need to make this point very transparent. All realities, even yours. Stories come to us, us being me and you, through the very vibrations of the very fabric that makes up our entire existence. My name is Simon Alusha. I work with a group that allows me to be the voice that peeks through realities. And as such, I feel I need to lay a couple of ground rules. If you ask any questions like this, you will be ignored. Not because I don't value curiosity, but literally, I cannot answer them. What is your past, Simon? Who are the people that operate this radio show that somehow breaks all known laws of physics and science? Where and what is the station you record from? Who pays for this? And are you paid? This is illegal. Stop at once. Do you know the secrets of the universe? Are you a god and or gods? Are you insert god name here in a different form? Hopefully, that sets some ground rules. Of course, you can submit any question, but questions like those above will go ignored. This week, I received a startling amount of questions about my little pocket of reality, ephemera, and those are questions that I can't answer. The first question comes from a reality that I do not know. A woman named, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce. These symbols, but let, let's call this woman Jo, because that one, that one with the kind of little belly that that looks like the letter Jo. The letter reads, "Hello, Simon. Thank you for all that you do. What exactly is Ephemera? A planet? A plane of reality? From a curious listener, Jo. Jo, that is a fantastic question. My world is called Ephemera. Its history is complicated, but we will start with the basics. Yes, Ephemera was a planet. I purposely say was. Ephemera has been known by many different names. When Ephemera was a planet not bound to the cosmic ocean, it was called Laor. In fact, there are still some that, despite the sudden awakening of our reality into a larger celestial garden, suggests that Laor is still just the humble planet it was. This is after the sun was revealed to be an egg that gave birth to a new branch in our great cosmic celestial and open reality, a reality just malleable enough for me and those I work for to operate in. You see, Ephemera is now the newest entity to join the great unknown. Once a planet, now just a dot on a much larger map. Jo, hopefully that answers your questions. We have received, of course, several more citations and other threats, but nothing that really spooked me. Hmm. Ah, Here's a letter. One from a man named Henry. He asks, Simon, is my reality connected to the reality that you exist in? Could I meet you, or is such a meeting impossible given the current known laws that you operate by? Thank you, Henry. Well, this, again, is a rather complex question, and let me check with my supervisors on how I can answer. Give me a moment. Henry, here's the answer I can give. Yes, your reality, whatever it may be, is connected to mine. Access between realities is the problem there may be no way for you to reach me personally. This has to do with latent and active pathways. If your reality has an active path, then you, your reality, probably knows and interacts with others. If you your reality, of course, has a latent pathway, then that means you are isolated from everything until that pathway is turned on. Hmm. I don't really understand, but that is fine. Often, my existence within a studio that transcends space and time is lonely. I have long hours of nothing. Even after exercise, meditation, and hobbies, I still have great empty moments that, if not occupied, literally drive me insane. Your stories are as important to me as they are for those who hear them. Today, or sometime in the past or future, I received a story from a reality that is not connected by the above-mentioned active pathway. Simon, you might say, didn't you just explain that something like this happening isn't possible? To that, I would say, of course, of course, little one then I would tap you on the head, but there are other points of access besides the above-mentioned pathways. This story comes from a woman named Lily, and a dream that she had, if it really was a dream, and not a view of a future that may or may not happen. Without further delay, I present the story. Once I dreamt of a goat. This happened years ago, when I was young. I didn't live alone at the time, but I was lonely. The world around me felt harsh and oppressive. I was supposed to be all these things, do all these things. Marry, have children, pay bills, keep religious holidays, stay in line. I I never wanted any of it so in my youth i wandered into the opposite of what i had been taught the occult cheap books with dark symbols caught my eye bits of plants and old things accumulated in my pockets during walks even sitting in the glow of the full moon was satisfying with what i could spare for my precious paychecks my collection of trinkets grew a handheld cast iron cauldron a silver bell with a five-pointed star etched on the side Candles of all colors, palo santo sticks, spell books, small animal bones. My roommate at the time wasn't too keen on this growing fascination and cut herself off from me. I don't remember noticing. I was desperate for freedom, for the loneliness to end. Nights were spent drawing salt circles and talking to old gods who I desperately wished were real and listened to my rambling. It seemed as if I would never get an answer not until I wasn't looking for it. The months went by and my obsessions slowly faded, the harsh realities of life had won me over, and I worried that I had wasted my time on childish hopes of something more, whatever that was. It was that chilly night, still early spring, and the air clung to winter's chill like a breath held in. I kept my windows open to feel the breeze and maybe write, but it grew too cold. I went to my closet, intending only to grab a gray sweater. To my utter surprise, the closet held more than clothes. There stood a tall man in a black cloak with a goat's head in the place of humans. I was not afraid, instead I felt relief. A soft smile crept over my lips as he held out his hand. I took it slowly, feeling warmth build in my chest. With a sweeping gesture, we spun into a labyrinth of trees. Melodious jazz echoed from the branches high above us. We walked through the trees and it began to mist. Heavy greens and greys built an atmosphere of mystery and beauty. A face carved into a tree stump caught my eyes, and I saw a large toad, bulbous and green and expanded and deflated with each breath. It smiled at my attention. I heard the cloaked man call my name with a dark whisper, and I turned from the toad and saw him standing motionless on a wooden bridge. Again he held out a clawed hand, everything in my body ached to stand near him. Though I wanted nothing more than to be at his side, I took my time, enjoying the air and the feel of the muddy grass beneath my feet. When I finally joined my companion on the bridge, he again took my hand. We turned to look at the rushing river beneath. There was no sound of water, but the delicate jazz grew in volume until further down the bank, small dark figures emerged from the trees. Goblins, ghouls, creatures of the night. They all held red and black instruments and played not only for our entertainment, but for their own pleasure. I couldn't help but laugh. It was too beautifully surreal. As I watched the procession before us, I felt the brush of the goat's muzzle against my ear, and a deep, deep whisper. Utopia and." A burning world. The light flickered on in the empty closet. I was standing in my room, reaching for the gray sweater. I retrieved it and pulled the comfy fabric over my head. With a heavy sigh, I shut the light off. For the briefest moment, I caught the silhouette of a tall man with a goat's head. And all at once, from that moment on, I never felt alone. Utopia in a Burning World. Those words stick out to me. The signature on an important electoral document, the peak of a world, the depths of the greatest caverns. Dear listeners, even if your world is unconnected to the wide cosmic garden, realities upon realities, you still feel the big poles of a wider, wider world. Dreams, visions, prophecy, all of these come to you and you alone. Does a vision or dream mean anything less if it doesn't represent the reality you are currently in? Do the stories told over and over mean anything less than the history that they are based upon? I do not have the answers. I am not a herald or a sign of doom. I am a guide. Your humble Simon Alucia brings you the stories of all realities. Whether you know your home as Laor, Ephemera, the cosmic Novigline web a tiny blue ball, whatever your home is. I am your guide, and every story is a signpost on your vast trip through dreams and stories. Or, I am leading you astray. Leading you, yes, you, dear listener, down a dangerous and unknown path. Stories that fill your head with other lights, other lights that corrupt and consume. Before I leave you, I would like to tell you a story of a woman. A woman who dreamed and lost. A woman corrupted by the stories I told. A woman who comes from a tiny disconnected place only titled Potential. This woman saw lights in the sky. She spent years of her life following these lights only to be left alone. Left alone until I found her found her, and offered her a job. She is currently recovering and will soon join my little family. Even if you lose years, decades, you, yes, you, can still find a purpose. Purpose exists within us and is fueled by us. I am Simon Alusha, and you have been listening to the Tales of Ephemera, a collection of stories from all realities. Good night. Good morning, and have a lovely afternoon. Been this way, I told you. I told you, we have to keep trying. They will kill us. This isn't some prison. We will. Looks as if your security wasn't enough, and I have had to dirty my hands, just like on Potential. I know, I know. After Nicole, we will have to stay away. You know, I feel as if, and if let me know if I'm overstepping here, I feel that the Ninth Imperium is easy compared to the, uh, what are they called? Yeah, yeah. So, wait, so the Hidden Planet Potential. Is protected by the Aesian? The Aesian that first settled Laor. They reached that far? Oh, f- fine, fine, fine. Let me clean up and I'll prepare to move. Last time my entire task shifted and the papers and, papers and books merged with the wood. How does that happen? Shouldn't the poet drive fix that <laughs>